Welcome to the Wellness Connection with Fiona Kane. This podcast aims to provide inspiration and education, begin discussions and explore various aspects and strategies around life and wellness. As an experienced nutritionist, holistic counsellor and mind-body eating coach and a woman experiencing my own life and health issues, I have my own unique experiences and approach to these topics. I'm also open to learning. Join me and we can explore these topics together. Hello and welcome to the Wellness Connection Podcast with Fiona Kane. I'm your host, Fiona Kane. Today, I'm going to be talking about something that I've just noticed uh, that's come up, a, a wording and language that's come up recently, well, for a little while, but I've just noticed it come up a lot lately. And um, it's, it's called healthism. So it's the healthism is, so instead of just reading here a, a definition, you know, the first definition that kind of pops up on the internet and it says it's a belief that sees health as property and responsibility of an individual and ranks the personal pursuit of health above everything else. So it's a belief system that sees health as the property and responsibility of the individual and ranks that top. Uh, Another one here is like a set of attitudes and beliefs that health is the most important pursuit in life and that it's a personal responsibility of the individual and solely within that person's control. So what I've noticed is that the term healthism comes up to attack a lot of wellness movements. And this is one of those things where I would say two things can be true at the same time. And like everything else, it's all about the how, how far something goes, right? So because so, sometimes what happens, okay, so just go back to that uh, just so I can let you understand what I'm talking about. So it says here that, you know, it's assume, assuming that it's personal responsibility, that you, it's solely in your control, your health is solely in your control. And of course, it's not solely in your control because there is something called genetics. I talk about it often on this podcast. I talk about the difference between genetics and epigenetics. So genetics is the bit that you can't control, but epigenetics you have a lot of control over. And um, then essentially uh, genetics is the loaded gun and epigenetics is whether or not you pull the trigger. So the truth is we do have a lot of control but we don't have it all. And it also depends on the condition because there are some conditions that are just terrible things that are inflicted on people that they certainly didn't do anything to ask for and they can't do anything about or there's limited what they can do about it. So um, so there are some things like that that are just, you know, almost impossible to control, if not impossible. Uh, And then there are things that there's a lot of lifestyle diseases that we have now that there is a certain level of personal responsibility. Now, the thing about personal responsibility as well is uh, it does require people to have education and it does require people to have access. So you can't necessarily uh, take personal, fully personal responsibility if you don't have the education or the access to the education and all the healthy foods, all the healthy whatever it is, the exercise, whatever the health uh, thing is. 
And I suppose this is fundamentally is the argument that sort of when it kind of almost becomes politics is that there's there's people who kind of just believe that you know uh, everything that happens to people they're victims and it's everything's about being a victim and and it's not your fault and you shouldn't be blamed and you shouldn't have to you know be shamed for having a problem and then on the other are there, on the other end we've got the kind of you know pull yourself up by your bootstraps you know you're responsible for everything it's all self responsibility get on with it and I would just say that there's probably <laughs> there's a middle ground here somewhere. Um, you know, it's not one, it's not the other. There's a middle ground. So my thing has always been to take responsibility for the things that you can. So I, I think personal responsibility is really important, and I think it's actually really empowering. So if we think that we're just victims of everything and that everything just happens to us, then it just there's nothing there. It doesn't empower us in any way to change it or make it better or do anything different so I actually think the idea of kind of just you know oh you're a victim full stop uh, I think is not helpful however the idea of kind of it's your fault and you're to blame and you she should be shamed and that kind of thing is also not helpful especially when it's used indiscriminately as in it's used in cases where it's absolutely not that person's fault uh, and um, and the, the, the thing too with okay so like, like I was saying, said before, it's about the balance, right? So I think that what's happening, swings and roundabouts, I don't know, what's happening is sometimes we do we do one thing and we go a bit too far and then we overcorrect and we go the other way, right? So the nothing's your fault, nothing's your responsibility, you're a victim thing, it's a very sort of um, compassion type approach I would actually say that it's um, it can be a toxic compassion um, when it's a toxic compassion to me is where it's all about oh they're there it's all right okay and you're not responsible for anything you can't do anything you're a perpetual victim and I'm just going to pat you and and just like you know affirm you and make you feel okay right I think that is toxic I also think the everything's your fault, you know, up by your bootstraps, off you go and um, and you're not taking enough personal responsibility and that's why you got X, Y, Z. I don't think that's good, a good thing either, right? But what we do is we, we kind of do we swing back and forth. It's like one or the other. And so what I'm seeing now is I'm seeing, you know, I've seen healthism, I've seen it happening and I've seen that that kind of, really hard line stuff. I, I think the where I see it the most, um, I see it in a few different places. So you obviously we'll see it in something like vegan diets. So there's people who will do a vegan diet who feel that that's the best thing for them for whatever list of reasons that they believe is the reason for them. They'll get on with it and they'll do it and that's just their personal thing. And then there's people who do the vegan diet who are real absolute Puritans who make sure the whole world knows about it and the whole world knows that they are the most pure person on the planet and nobody is as pure as them and um, and they um, should or could um, you know, uh, that, that they, they are all wrong and, you know, spiritually below, beneath them and if healthy, health, in every way they are superior to you because they are vegan, right? So not every vegan is like this, but there are vegans who are like that. 
it's not just vegans, so I'm not only picking on vegans, but it's where I see it a lot. Uh, but it also happens in other areas. So there's people who are kind of like, oh, everything I eat is organic and it's biodynamic and it's, uh, you know, the moon's in Pisces when it, you know, it gets picked in a full moon with it, like whatever. Um, and I don't need any chemicals and I don't need any GMOs and I don't need blah, 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 blah. And they can sometimes be a bit full on too. Like, again, if it's a choice, like, sure. I actually personally think taking personal responsibility and trying to eat well and look after yourself and all the rest of it can be and usually is a healthy thing. It's a good thing, right? But it's when it sort of becomes this absolute, uh, absolute uh, obsession that can't see anything else and it's so obsessed about it. And I would argue that when you become that obsessed by it that uh, it's probably not good for your health, like with that level of obsession, you know. So uh, while it's, you know, great to avoid pesticides and this and that, and I'm not going to argue about like there's so many things in our system, in our dietary system, in our in our waterways, in our air, whatever, that are problematic or can be problematic. And there's so many things in food that, are problematic. However, trying to overcome every single one of them, and it's like they they kind of um, defeat each other. It's like you should have brown rice because brown rice is the most healthy thing. However, brown brown rice has more um, sort of lectins and and it's, the, it's harder to digest, right? And also, oh by the way, it's high in arsenic because it's grown in a certain area. Blah blah blah, right? So it's like, well, which is which? Do you do brown rice or do you do? And, and, and by the way, I do basmati. But if you do brown rice, that's fine. Whatever it is for you. But we kind of get. Uh, it's the same with um, you know, wheat is is bad and unhealthy, and no one should have it. No, that's not true. It's just not good for people who have a problem with gluten and a problem with wheat, which includes me. Uh, but um, but it doesn't mean that uh, everybody shouldn't eat gluten and everybody shouldn't eat wheat or that um, this pesticide or that pesticide, and I'm purer than you because I don't eat any pesticides. It's like you do you and and it's okay to have an awareness around those things and if you can – if you've got access to financially, physically, whatever, um, you grow it yourself, whatever, but you've, if you've got access to things that are organic and beautiful and healthy and, and all that stuff, it's amazing and it's wonderful and good on you and the more that the world, you know, the more that we have access to those things, that is great. However, not everyone has that access. So uh, I think judging people or shaming them um, for not having that or for not doing that or what you mean you don't uh, activate all of your nuts. Oh my God. Like, oh, how could you do that? You know, so, so, you know, healthism is a thing. I get it's a thing. So I'm, I, I will make fun of it just as much as anybody else. However, the other side of the scale, which is nobody's responsible for anything and um, and anyone who says anything about personal responsibility, that's just healthism and we have to avoid that because that just causes eating disorders and blah, blah, blah. That's not true either. So I'm not saying that healthism can't like health, obviously healthism would be attached to mental health issues and eating disorders. Obviously they go together because if you're obsessed about a certain type diet or whatever, then you're the sort of person who's more likely to have one of those disorders. Yes, of course. Um, however, caring about your health and wanting to eat well and wanting to look after yourself 
is not an eating disorder. It can become one. Lots, a lot of things can become dis, become disordered if we do them too much or we overdo it or whatever. So it certainly can become one. But on the same side of things, when you look at the statistics for how many of us have diet and lifestyle-related health issues that we could fix and that could, we could get better and we wouldn't all – there wouldn't be so much uh, fatty liver and insulin resistance and type 2 diabetes and all of the things, the heart disease and all of those things, which much of it – I'm not saying all of it, but a lot of it is diet and lifestyle related. To say that those people aren't responsible and we shouldn't have to do anything and we can't do self-responsibility uh, is – is not helpful <laughs> because a lot of those people can do a lot. You know, uh, most people are able to walk around the block. They can do that. I'm saying everybody, there's always an exception to everything, right? However, just saying you're not responsible, you can't do anything about it, you're a victim, uh, is not helpful. And I think that the healthism thing, I think there's a few things that have, it's like with everything, there's, there's kind of a lot of things there's, there's a truth, there's a level of truth at something and then it becomes something else or it just goes overboard or whatever. But what I've seen in, you know, so I've been practicing nutritionist now for 16, 17 years, I can't remember now, a long time. And what I've seen is that um, when you do look at things like where where our food pyramid comes from and who funds what and and how the Dietitians Association for many years was funded by food companies and how uh, how the Heart Foundation, they used to have a Heart Foundation tick in Australia which supposedly meant the food was healthy but it was absolutely bought and paid for thing and it did work within their dietary rules but their dietary rules didn't care about sugar but only cared about saturated fat and, and meat and things like that. So they, they will kind of create these guidelines that are um, that they use that are health guidelines and the health guidelines are very much food companies, people who make money from it have a lot of um, say in those things. So the guidelines aren't necessarily a good quality in the first place and then uh, they use the guidelines that they, you know, they do things like they add extra fibre to get an extra star. Now it's a health star rating system. So they add some some fibre or something in to get an extra star and and you end up seeing things like, you know, um, you know Nutri-Grain would be higher than a piece of salmon. It's like, like has a better quality food? No, right? Or up and go, which is just all chemical concoction no um so what happens what i've seen over the years is i've just seen these um a lot of money and a lot of politics in the health industry and you also see it with drug companies you only have to get onto netflix and watch some of those specials about the drug companies and how they the, you know the uh, the pain pill the opioid crisis that they created and and the you know the fact that you know, for so for example, with drug companies, you know, they don't have to like they do say hundred studies and say fifty of them or ninety of them showed that the drug didn't work. They don't actually have to use those ones. They only have to use the ones that worked in their favor. So they only use the ones that worked in their favor until the FDA or whoever it is, um, that's who it is in the US. I can't remember who it is here. Um, not therapeutic goods, whoever it is anyway. Um, but they just submit to them that this is um this is what works and this is how the drug worked and they 
um, basically the authorities kind of just agree with them and go, oh, okay, good, you said it works, okay, it works, and uh, and we believe you. And there's this sort of this op- this is revolving door system between uh, people who are involved in food and drug administration and the food and drug industry, right? So these people kind of approve things and then they get jobs, right? So all I'm trying to say is there's a reason that people have gotten quite uh, yeah, paranoid about the systems and money and who's who makes money out of things and where is this advice coming from and who's funding it and studies, you know, you see a study and then you see who funded it. You know, so many of those vegan studies are funded by people with vested interest in the in the industry who make the fake meat and things like that. Um, and so you know that they're not going to publish something that doesn't have the data that they need. And unfortunately, scientists these days, uh, you know, scientists if they want to have a job, they've pretty much got to in a lot of different topics, not just the food, it's other industries, they pretty much have to go along with the accepted accepted position. So all I'm trying to say is there's a lot of dodgy stuff that's happened over the years in the health industry and there are a lot of people who do make a lot of money out of misery, out of uh, selling people ultra-processed foods and getting people on medications uh, to make up for the ultra-processed foods and the lack of exercise and the stress and all the the other things that are going on and then they then you need another medication to make up for that medication another one to make up for that medication um, and then they sell you your comfort food to make you feel better and then you need more medication right so there is uh, a lot of um you know that i think there was at one stage was it i'm trying i can't remember which company it was it might have been like um gloria marshall or i can't remember which company it was but one of the weight loss companies also owned like Nestle or I can't remember now, but it's owned by the same company, right? So they've basically got the weight loss company and the fast food and it's like, okay, perfect. You've got the perfect system there. Make them sick, get them to lose weight. Make them sick, get them to lose weight, right? So, uh, yeah, there is a reason that people get quite purist and get quite frustrated with the system because when you look around and really look into the sort of crap that people get away with behind the scenes and you think that they wouldn't be able to get away with, they do. So there's a reason that people kind of get a bit more extreme and get a bit more paranoid and and kind of don't believe (laughs) a lot of the health information, right? And I've seen it over the years, like we kind of had to sort of push the Heart Foundation's guidelines out of town because they were just terrible Uh, and they were just um, doing dreadful things essentially for money and that's just not okay. Uh, And our health star system that we've got now is not much better but anyway. um, So what I'm trying to say is there is a reason that people get that way and there's a reason that people got that way. It's not as simple as you can believe everything that, you know, you get given a the food pyramid or whatever it is and it's, you know, uh, and it that's how it is and it's perfect. And I think uh, South Park did a great episode on the food pyramid when they tipped it upside down, um, which is probably a bit more accurate and uh, how it should be. However, there's a lot of systems in place unfortunately that don't support your health that do support a lot of people making a lot of money out of you out of you not being well so the people who are super duper anti-healthism or calling things healthism that aren't uh, are they you know they also have a vested interest they they kind of want you know they want they want to have victims right so essentially the victim industry needs victims if you get better you're not a victim anymore so there's there's a certain type of industry and a certain type of uh 
area in life that's supportive of everyone's a victim, you can't do anything about it, blah, blah, poor, poor you, whatever it is. Uh, and that means that you're like it takes away your power, right? Then there's the other side of things where you can take personal responsibility where it matter, like where it is where it is true, where it is your responsibility. And, you know, you can uh, do a lot and change your life and make a difference, right? So I just think it's like don't buy that uh, health, everything that you give, everything that talks about health, personal responsibility is healthism and bad and evil. But if that healthism person is saying if you don't do this diet, blah, 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 and your diet caused your cancer and you're going to die because you didn't do my UBIT diet or whatever, uh, that's not healthy. (laughs) So, Personal responsibility is a really, really good thing and learning about health and nutrition and exercise and all of those things and supporting your body to be as healthy as you can is a really, really good thing. If it becomes an extreme sport where it's making you really, really stressed and making you really super judgmental of other people and it's about shaming everybody else and you think you're better than everybody else or if it becomes there's there's, uh, some of these kind of um, billionaire type people who that's all they do now, they're so terrified of dying. There's there's one I can't remember, but he was spending, I can't remember what it is now, but their whole day every day is about, you know, in longevity, about, you know, living longer and, you know, and it's all this science around not aging and all of that kind of stuff. And it's, it's good that some people are doing some of those studies and things like that. Great. But it's like, oh, my God, these people are so obsessed with that. They're so afraid of death that they're not living. <laughs> so I think there's like what's underneath this health is when people get really extreme, I think it's a fear of death for a lot of people. Those people is a fear of aging because aging is not um, – not treated that kindly in uh, in certainly in the Western world, especially women, uh, and uh, and people are afraid of death because we don't sort of understand it in a healthy way. I've done previous episodes where I've talked about death and dying before. You might want to pop back and um, and see that episode or what or listen to that episode. So I think that there's a lot of people who are scared and they're they're jumping into healthism as a way of managing their anxiety, whether it's their anxiety, whatever it's about, whether it's about the planet, whether it's about their health or their potential death or whatever. Um, and that's not healthy. However, there is also a whole bunch of people saying nothing's anybody's fault and everybody's a victim and it's all just happening to them. Not true in lots of situations. So it's one of the, again, it comes back to you know, where's the balance? Like you want to live your life, enjoy your life and um, and you don't want to have to be you get obsessed about things. Uh, but you also want to learn things that work for you and that support your health because it's, it's very hard to live a fruitful, happy life when you're not well. So if there's anything you can do to improve your health, then that's a good thing. It's also not blaming you for every single thing that's ever happened to you because, you know, you always hear me in my podcast. I always say there's a percentage of what that you have control over and there's a percentage that stuff happens, right? That is just life. That's the reality of it. So anyway, that's kind of my idea about kind of healthism. It's like I think it's 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 a handy way to attack anything that is to do with self-responsibility. I don't think that's good. But it can also be really extreme and really problematic. That's not good either. I think it's just getting that balance. It's like responsibility where you can do the best you can to support your health, but also not blaming on and shaming and hating, hating on people for um, for things that 
are totally not in their control. And, you know, even if they are in a control, this is getting into a sort of a whole other topic, but even if they are in your control, like if someone's if someone smokes or they, you know, like a lot of the generation, like I know my parents' generation, most of them smoked and they were actually doctors used to smoke and tell them it was healthy and tell them it was a good thing and it's a good way to manage your weight and it's a good way to manage your nerves and blah, blah, blah. So these people were brought up with that and now people are shaming them because they're, you know, they're getting lung cancer or whatever. And like I think as a of, – of course uh, – you know, I've seen it in my family. I've seen people in my family die, who sm- smokers who died from cancers, whether it's been lung cancer or breast cancer or this or that. And I've seen, um, you know, people in my family who had like drug issues or or alcohol issues or whatever, and and, and meet sort of deaths that probably related a lot to their lifestyle. Am I going to judge them about it? No. <laughs> who am I? <laughs> I'm not God or whoever's in charge. What I'm, like, I'm just not that person. So I just think that with uh, we have to be careful about making judgments. Uh, we have to help um, people and like we have to educate people and encourage them to take personal responsibility where it will be helpful. Uh, we also have to know um, that when we start getting to the realm of shaming people and blaming people for everything, that's not helpful either. So uh, I think it's um. Let's just look for a bit of balance here, right? Let's just look for a bit of balance and and um, you know, be kind because you have no idea what's got that person to that place and that point or why they made the decision they did or, or what was going on there. So that's where I do sort of do support the anti-healthism people because I actually do think that there's lots of things that go into why someone ends up where they are and judging them is, is – um, is not nice and I hope that when I get to the end of my life that no one makes judgments on me either. Uh, So I just think it's glass houses and all that. We shouldn't be judging other people. At the same time, there's a lot you can do to support your health and in many cases uh, there's some things you can't, some things you can. However, that uh, knowing that there's things that you can do and there's some things you can make a difference with I think is really, really empowering and I think empowering people is – you know, empower people to make their own choices but understand what choices might benefit them and what might not. And that's pretty much what I do in my business, in my clinic. I help people learn what's going to work for them and we play around and see what works for them. And then they decide, well, this worked for me so I want to keep doing this. This didn't work for me so I don't really care. Whatever it is, but they make that decision. It's up to them. Anyway, I will leave it at that. Uh, Now, please don't forget to, to like, subscribe if you're on Rumble or YouTube. You can comment uh, and please share. Um, I, I just really subscribing makes a big difference because it makes people um, pay more attention and see my podcast uh, or hear my podcast. And of course, sharing it, just telling your friends about it. I'd really appreciate your help with that. And I hope you have a great week and I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed the episode, please like, subscribe and share to help me reach more people. Go to the link in show notes for more information about my services. And until next time, please keep showing up for yourself.